Welcome to the We've Seen Enough podcast, where we look at the world through the prism of sports. Enjoy the eclectic mix of our personalities as we discuss, debate, and occasionally fight over issues large and small. So as we head to our respective corners, I'm Jim Boyle. And I'm Tom Trevisani. Let's get it on, Jimbo. All right, welcome to uh, season one, episode four. I, uh, if you heard Tommy over the, the the opening, he sometimes gets a little bit too anxious to get going. So, uh, you know, he, he just gets in here, he's ready to fire away. So it's great for him. Uh, he he was commenting on the fact that we have this really cool poster now of our podcast sitting on the door with the boxing gloves and everything. So, you know, we've been. I, I have to say, Tommy, it's been pretty successful. We're, we're growing into this really well. Uh, and I think eventually we'll get some guests in as well. But the good news I have for everybody this week is that Tommy did not travel this weekend, so he's no travel stories for us. The bad news for everybody is I'm going to be traveling over the next two weeks, so I'm not sure how much you're going to get to hear the dulcet tones of Jim Boyle. But you might get to hear Tommy if we get him in the studio. Maybe we can do some remote call if we have to. <laughs> so, Tommy, just real quickly, what's going on with you today? Nothing much, Jim. Just watched you know that game a little bit last night. It was like a real stinker, if you can call that. Yeah, we could call it that. You know, we transition to that game, meaning the Patriots and the Bears. Uh, I I do recall, uh, if I think correctly, you saw the Bears out in Chicago, and your buddy uh, Dave Borgonzi. Is that how you say it? It was, yeah. I seen him on TV a few times last oh. night. Yep, Dave Bogonzi. If we were looking for him, I couldn't see him. Oh, no, I, I actually did. And then I guess after the game, when they were uh, they were interviewing the Bears, he was actually right behind the head coach. I got bad news. I, I, why weren't you at the game? Actually, I could have went. He actually, we got a call to get the tickets. But, you know, we're going out there in two weeks when Indy comes here. Justin's going to be traveling here. So we're going to go to that game. Okay, we just so took you, a little bit of a break. I thought it was because if you get your hair wet uh, in, in the rain, it ruins the look. So I was, a little, I was a little worried. I said to Jack, I said, Jack, is Tommy at the game? He could get a, he could probably have a, like a club seat or a nice like he could sit in the owner's box with the with the owners. He decided I heard I heard, I figured because of the weather and the long drives Monday night. Why the heck would you go anyway? Because watch that stinker. It was just. I know the Patriots thought they were just going to be able to, like, you know, just not show up, I guess. I mean, that was just, they were totally beat on all three phases of the game. It was unbelievable. No so easy question for you. Who'd you root for? <sighs> you know, I'm not, I'm going to, I'm going to, I rooted for the Bears. Okay. I mean, I don't mean to be, that's my good friend, and um, it's just, I'm sorry. It's, I was just definitely rooting for the Bears. Okay, so uh, you're going to, down to Foxborough. Justin's coming in. My boy, Justin Trevisani. Yep, he's traveling uh, in in two weeks. Uh, Indy's coming here in two weeks. Yeah, two weeks from yesterday. Who are you Sunday, gonna, Who sorry. are you going to root for? The Colts. Oh, my God. You're such a front runner. I, of course I am. Oh, somebody's paying his son's paycheck. He's rooting for him. He's sticking <laughs> his guts. I mean, you know, if, my, if, if Jack played for the Yankees, which would never happen, I definitely would be rooting for the Red Sox. Oh, please. See, I tried to get Jack to go with you down to the game. I should, should invite him, get him out of my hair. He can come. He doesn't even answer the phone calls. Yeah. Uh, we know that. So let's go back to the game. It's pretty, pretty simple. Uh, you know, it was... Belichick said what he was going to do, and he did it. And I, I, I'd like to, as we get into this, the, the program today, let's look at the quarterback controversy. And not, not even on the Zappy and, and the Jones situation, but just quarterback controversy. What is he trying? What is what is? I don't, I don't like. We talked right about Bill Belichick last show, and but what is he thinking? What, 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 what would be your thought press going to that game? You know, Jim, I would have thought what he maybe probably should have did. I know he started Mac Jones, which I thought. 
maybe he should have went with this kid one more week and maybe got him a little more healthy. But how he did, he went back to Jones, and then, you know, the first three possessions, they didn't really do anything. He threw the pick, and you know Belichick, he doesn't like the turnovers, and then he turned over to Zappi. And I thought what he should have probably did, if anything, he should have just started Zappi. And I think once Zappi came in, you know, they had those two touchdown drives, which were nice. You know, they went up 14 to 10, and then he, he seems like he struggled in the second half, like, a lot. Like, you know, he couldn't do anything, the kid. So my thought process would be that he's got the Jets next week. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna you're gonna play Mac Jones, you want to you want to get him some air, get him some time, right? Get him some, some reps. So <clears throat> if that was his logic, then I agree with it. That's fine. But if uh, if it was just the logic, because I just want to get him out there, see what he does, so I can compare the two. I mean, you don't want to co- at this point in the season three or four, you don't want a quarterback controversy. But I'm gonna I'm gonna take offense to. Uh, what you said there about Zappi, he wasn't even good in the first half. I mean, he came in, he threw, he had, he had two wide open receivers, not one really. He had one wide, and I forget who that was, it was uh, 19, I'm not sure, who he threw behind him. He wrote a touchdown pass, he throws the ball. No, he made actually the guy had to come back for the ball. Right. You're actually right, that wasn't, he made that really one good pass. You are and, right. And then Aguilar made a great catch. He went way high, you know? So it's, uh, Tommy's going to get hot in the collar here. And they say, "Do you want to take that jacket off, Tommy? I'll turn. No. I'll turn you down." No? no, I'm good. I'm good. All right. So, so again, it was he, they. They are what they are. You know, it's always like 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 Bill Parcells always said, "You are what you are. You are what you reckon. If you're seven and seven, you're a mediocre average team." So let's look at quarterback quarterback controversies over the years. Never work out. You know, uh, going back to Roger Staubach, Greg Craig Morton for Dallas way back in the seventies, uh, and then coming forward, we can always. Everybody always goes back to the Brady Bledsoe thing, but that was just a unique situation where the coach had a quarterback he liked, who wasn't the superstar quarterback. The coach had a co- coach had a quarterback he wanted to play in a situation. But every other time you have a quarterback controversy, whether it's high school, whether it's college, whether it's pro, it always seems to backfire and not really work. No, absolutely, I agree. I just think. In regards to the pages, then you see what happened in Indianapolis. That's another thing we can talk about. It's just I know a lot of it comes back to you think with the starter and they're getting paid, of course, more money. And I'm not saying that these these coaches are forced to play these guys, but quarterback controversies usually they don't work out for the team. I agree with you in that in that aspect. We can go back to, but what Belichick was doing, I thought yesterday is playing the two different quarterbacks. And I think you heard he, he was even saying he was thinking about that. I, I thought that was kind of a little crazy too. I mean, you just got to kind of know who your guy is. And I kind of thought what he did there was a little, I don't know, not, I wouldn't say cheesy, but maybe he should have just started one and went with one. How he just went to that kid that quick. I think that was kind of a slap in the face to Mac Jones too, a little bit. Yeah. I totally agree with you on that. I mean, again, look at, look, look at, we talked about this a couple times over the last couple of weeks. Is the NFL's is it is it mediocre? Uh, they protected quarterbacks. You know, you get some games are really exciting games. Some games are dull, defense dominated games. And I look at it from a, as, as I look at my fantasy team. There are thirty two teams in the NFL. All right, there might be fifteen quality quarterbacks who can really lead a team to win. And of those fifteen, two of them are named Brady and Rodgers, who are having crap crap show years. So. Is it really a controversy that Zappi can do manage a game and the, and the semi hurt uh, Jones can, or is it that Belichick just won? I, I think Belichick wanted to get him reps. I don't think there was a, a there was an ulterior motive here. But again, what what's going on with quarterback play? Why we have a million college players and we get thirty two college high school uh, pro quarterbacks? How do, how do we not have 
quality quarterbacks everywhere. Go go to your friends in Indianapolis with Matt Ryan. What, what's going on? I know it's crazy because you think it with all the scouting today and everything that's going on. There isn't just is there really good quarterbacks out there, and we're just not. They just don't seem to come over to the NFL, and they're as successful as like you're saying that they should be. I know I can't figure it out either. But for this league, like you said, there's 32 teams with all the scouting, with all the services that you said half of the quarterbacks in the NFL really stink. They're not that good. I don't mean takes. Can I use the? They're terrible. Yeah. It's 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 really crazy. And I was watching that indie game, and I was watching a little of it on, um, you know, the red zone. And I just can't even believe the turnovers. It's just crazy. It's just throwing the ball. And this is a guy who's been playing for 14, 15 years, just thrown into double coverage. It just turns games around, and it's they're just the quarterback play. You're right. Is very poor right now. And like you said, with Rodgers and Brady, and they maybe. Could have lost this step, but even Rogers, who doesn't, he's not looking that great this year either. So then, we're, we're, we could. The, where's the fault lie? And, and to me, I, I would, I would lay the fault. College football right. has changed the way they play. They play the spread. They, right. they got these athletic quarterbacks because they don't get hit by the, the by the freight trains that are hitting NFL quarterbacks. You're not, you're not really, you know, the Lamar Jacksons of the world are have proliferated, pro, proliferated, whatever the word is. It just, <laughs> stupid me. I, I, I pick a big word and I can't say it. Tell me, what the hell tell me about word? it. So, so it is, it is, it is coming. They're everywhere. So then they come to the NFL and like Robert Griffin Jr., the Robert Griffin the third. You see him on TV now. He was a Heisman Trophy winner. He got pounded. pounded. He got pounded. He had one or two good years right. and he was done. You know, even Carson Wentz, another one who was a running quarterback, you know, he got pounded in submission. So are we not producing the type of quarterbacks in the college level that can play in the NFL? And are there so few that if you draft uh, this guy like Zappi who can play in the pocket, doesn't have to move, is that, is, is that where we're going? Or are we going to go to maybe more spread offense and, and, and not even, even, even to touch the quarterback if he gets, if he gets anywhere in the field? Well, yeah, you know, this year I know there seems to be I, I mean, last year's class was, if we recall, was pretty weak, right? But I think this year, the kid from Alabama, then who else? The kid from Ohio State. Yeah. There's supposed to be about three or four good ones, but those Ohio State quarterbacks never do nothing in the NFL, as you know. And I just think you're right. It's these spread offenses and everything. But these players are going to the NFL like they're throwing for all these type of yards, Jim. But is it really translating into, like, more wins? Like, from what I'm saying, you still— the bottom line is you still have to make throws in the fourth quarter, and it seems like a lot of these spread quarterbacks, they're putting up great numbers, but they're really not winning either. I mean, let's get into Lamar Jackson, as great as he's been doing. Really come playoff time, you know, it seems like that kind of gets tighter. You know, he doesn't really seem to win in the playoffs, too. Right, that's true. The other, the other thing, we could do another show on, on what, what makes a quality quarterback. What what differentiates you know Brady and and Manning and uh, what's his name? Uh, Josh Allen. Now who's a running quarterback? But he's a big guy who can throw the football a mile. You know what? Uh-huh. What differentiates? What makes those guys better quarterbacks all around? Is it is it because they see the field differently? Because their their intellect is such their football intellect, we'll call it, is such that they like. I think with Brady and Manning it was always they could see something uh, on a defense and know exactly what they wanted to do, get rid of the ball as quickly as they could, and, and it'd be successful. So, again, I think what we're bringing in from college, the level of quality that's coming from college to the NFL, there just aren't enough good, solid, quality quarterbacks to fill to fill out rosters now. I, I get my Temple shout-out once today because uh, my Temple guy, P.J. Walker, who, who led the Temple to their best success in the last 50 years, he beat Tom Brady with Carolina, Carolina, Carolina right. Panthers. 
and, and PJ's PJ's a smaller, smallish, six one five five nine five eleven to six one ish. You know, uh, doesn't make mistakes, game managed, but you know he's he's stuck around and he's the third string quarterback. And maybe Matt Rule had a job if he had kept a guy who just understood what his role was and didn't try to do too much. Whereas Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold down there, who knows what they're going to do? Well, look at those two guys. Do you know those? One was a Heisman Trophy winner, and he was the first pick in the country, and. Then Donald was the third pick, right. Jim. And there's this kid. He was I don't think he was an undrafted free agent, correct? Undrafted free agent. You know where he started off? Well, I should know. It wasn't Temple. Indiana. No, he he's the Temple guy all, all right. through and through. But he started his pro career as on the uh he was on the bench reserves for Indianapolis for a while. He played there that's with That's right, uh, you're right. He was an Indy, Jim. You're right. Very good. He, he was and he backed up luck and but that just goes to show you there's these two guys, Heisman Trophy winners making all this money, and they can't even he's beating these guys out. I mean, these guys are terrible. Yeah. I don't mean to... The terrible is probably too nice a word. No, it's too nice a word. You know what it comes down to, Jim? I just think what we talk about in college and the NFL, what looks open in the NFL isn't open. Things close quicker. These guys are more athletic. What's wrong with taking the check down for the five, six yards? I don't understand why these quarterbacks think like they just take the check down, take the five or six yards, take those nine to ten minute drives. There's nothing wrong with that. I just think everyone goes for the big play and getting back to like you were saying, the great ones like Brady, it is the intellect. Think about him all these years. What is so great about him? He doesn't usually turn the ball over much. Correct. And Jim, even this year, everyone thinks he's having a bad year. He's got one pick, Jim. Yeah, but he still sucks. <laughs> I think you go, yeah, I know what you're saying. I know you don't like him, but but he's still probably better than about 95% of the quarterbacks in the league. I wouldn't go that far. Well, I, I so don't know. what's 95% of 32? <laughs> well, know, 10%. I mean, he's still in the top five. I got him rated about fourth to fifth still, ah, which is pretty scary, but yeah. I don't know about that. I mean, come on. Well, that's what makes, uh, like, uh, Mahomes great is Mahomes, he makes a lot of mistakes still, but he knows when to get rid of the ball. He knows when to slide. He knows when to throw. You know, he's been taught. He, 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 they have that edge like that. That clock goes off your head and says, I need to throw this ball out of bounds. Absolutely. Not trying to force it into a situation that I can't do. I see that in college a lot, too, as I watch all these college games. A lot of college quarterbacks don't. You just, you know what, take the loss, throw the ball out of bounds. They take a sack. They, they fumble on a sack. They try to throw a pick. You know, a lot of weird, weird, a lot of weird little things happen, which, which is, you know, kind of strange. But it's the NFL, and it's what what we're going to deal with. This people are going to watch because it's uh, they hit hard, and they and you're right about the, the athleticism. And it's always been a joke. I like to transition as we get ready to go to sports house. But Tommy, think about. Remember, people would say, "Well, that Alabama team, they would beat the Detroit Lions by a hundred, you know, because they win the national championship." No, you know, Alabama's got what? Maybe how many? How many NFL starters on their team? Let's give them ten, if that. If that starters, if they're lucky, right? Detroit has how many starters? Yeah, Twenty-two. Thank you and very much. They were probably all. Yeah, that that never works. <laughs> Just I just people. love that argument. I know like when people say they can be right, right? You and I have always talked about that. I mean, we do, we do. A, it, it's still the NFL. Like they're still, like you said, that's still an NFL player, and they were probably the best player on their team when they were in college. So, like it's one of said. the things we always we've always talked about is we've actually agreed with that. This, let's make maybe the most amazing thing about that. We agreed <sighs> that you know, uh, you know, like it's uh, why this team could like the basketball that Kentucky team was undefeated. They could beat the Cleveland Cavaliers that won five games. Hmm. So it's just it's just a matter of the mindset of human beings. So I would transition that to talk about sports towns in general. I want to really talk about, you know, we we just saw Kyle Schwarber, who left the Red Sox, who goes out to Philly. Yep. He hits a ton of home runs. And, uh, and I, I'd be remiss to say that Bryce Harper really led that team. But 
It's they play in Philly, they play in New York, they play in Boston. It's a different mindset here. You know, we got if you go out and play in St. Louis, they 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 love you. You can stink, you can finish in fourth place, and they love you. So so what's the you've lived here your whole life? Okay, I've grew up in Philly, and I live in Boston. Right. So I got the I got the best of both worlds. I got all the Philly crap, I got all the Boston crap. What 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 do you think makes? Why is it if you could play here? Or New York or Philly, you can play anywhere. What, what what mindset of a professional or even a college athlete that does that run? Well, like you're saying, I think playing on the East Coast, you know, we always say I don't mean to compare back in the eighties, like the Celtics and Lakers. The Celtics were the the East Coast, the fighters, you know, like the and then you think of the Lakers and the fast break and you know, you see all the stars like sitting in the stands. Like I always say in LA, Jim. They don't come to the games to like the first or second quarter. It's just a different mindset, Jim. I just think it's the East Coast is more, as you know, you're from Philly, and my father taught me this one. They boot Santa Claus there. Yeah, they boot Santa Claus. They threw snowballs on Santa Claus. They beat the crap out of other fans. Philly was a, an interesting town. I think besides, I think they're the two best sports, not best, I mean best sports fans, but the most knowledgeable, Jim, is Boston and Philly. There's no doubt about it. And I just think it takes a different person to play here. But you know what, Jim? You can play anywhere. It comes down to the athlete, I think. Not saying it gets blown out of proportion, but like you said, with all these talk shows and like what we're doing, the media is kind of ruined it a little. But I just think it takes, you just have to be very thick skinned to play like in Boston and Philadelphia. And like you said, it's different than where you play, like say maybe you play like in a Cleveland or you play in a St. Louis. They love you no matter what. Yeah, it's like if if you come back to it, it used to be years ago when we have newspapers, which we don't have much newspaper anymore. Yep. When we used to have newspapers, you had, you had 12 beat writers or 12 papers within the Boston area who were covering the Red Sox or the Celtics or the Bruins or the Pages. And then down in Philly and New York, it was triple the amount. In Philly, it was the same thing. You had South Jersey and Philly and Philly suburbs. So these guys were pounded every day of their lives. There's always somebody there looking, looking, looking. You're absolutely right. Things have changed with social media. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, it, it does take – I think it takes a, a, a special kind of athlete to play here and to be successful here. I, I bring up Kyle Schwarber just as an example of he started in Chicago. He spent a couple a year and a half in, in Washington and he's in Boston. Then he goes to Philly. He's thrived everywhere. Right. You know? Here's a guy who's you know just has thrived everywhere. Look at Xander Bogart at the Sox. He's been successful here. He'll be successful anywhere he goes because he's learned to live with love, learned to live with what you have have here. So, but if you bring in, let's say they bring Carlos Correa to replace him, or Trey, not Trey Turner because Trey Turner's been in the East Coast, but but big Carlos Correa, he has no idea what it's going to be like if he starts like Trevor Story started off 0 for 50. Everybody's on him. You know, and all of a sudden the world, the weight of the world's on you. I can go back to, I'll use the Red Sox as my example. Renter, I know you're going to say the shots off from San Francisco. They picked him up, no, from St. Louis. I'm saying, I'm sorry. Rogue State. (laughs) Rogue State. Actually, he made the last out in the uh, 2004 World Series, but you're right. I'm sorry. So they brought him in, you know, and he struggled. He He struggled with every, all of a sudden he, he, in April, he's hitting 200. And and the people, the the crap he had to take, he just wasn't ready for it. The next example I'll use is Carl Crawford, who came here, superstar in Tampa. What do you got going in Tampa? Nobody even knows you're playing in Tampa, right? He comes here, he he struggles, he couldn't do anything right. You know, and he's gone. You know, even Adrian Gonzalez, another one. He, well, yeah, I can't play him on Sunday nights. That Jamoke, he's a jerk off that guy. But to make another, st- which one? <laughs> Gonzalez, if uh, you remember, yeah. he's another one. He couldn't. 
he was originally the number one pick. I just didn't know. I just never liked that guy. I remember he used to complain, I don't want to play on Sunday nights. Right. Because he was, but to make a long story short, here's a guy to use an example. I think maybe one of the greatest Red Sox ever came from a small market. Look at David Ortiz. Let's go the other way. Here's a guy who come from a small market who came here and he shined. Who likes the media more than him? Look how he, that's why I think he got into the Hall of Fame. I'm not saying he was a first ballot Hall of Fame. I don't think he deserved because the media liked him so much. Yeah, but he, again, he shined here. He took he took the mail. He ran with it. He, he did. Could, he he could have played anywhere. Right, but I mean, right? he did. But look, when he came from Minnesota, you remember he was a twig. No one knew about him. He kind of just came here, and he, it's just amazing what he did. Yeah, and he almost wasn't here because uh, that you first the first two months of the season, Jeremy Jeremy was playing in front of him. That's right. Well, yeah. You're going back. You're right. You're right. And uh, the other guy who played in front of him was uh, Hillbrand. If you remember Shea Hillbrand. Shea Hillbrand, absolutely. Yeah, this, he originally came up as a catcher, didn't he? Mr. Uh, no, that was uh, the other guy that for Moneyball, uh, Hatterberg was the catcher. Hillbrand was the guy who was doing steroids huge. You could always he tell. also played third base, right? Yes, he did. He did. Yeah, wow. That's he another did. name from the past. But like, yeah. I think it goes both ways, but certain guys you saw him when we had the Boston Marathon bombing how he went out there and what he said it just everyone loved him they're just certain guys it takes a certain person you, know, you can go into each sport even basketball I always use Bird as an example he just knew how to play the media Bird and Bird let his play and do the talking but that's why I think this kid Tatum still to me I don't mean to switch like he's I just think like he's got to take that next step Jim like you know I, I think he can play here but there's still something missing there's an intangible missing with him yeah, well, that ain't tangible. He's, he's like 25 years old. I mean, think of these, That's these, another these good basketball point. players are coming in I know they're coming. years old. You, you're right. If they are young. You're right and all that. But, you know, you're a star. You're a stud. You just got to know how to. You're right. But you are right. They're coming in 19, 20 years old. Bird was mature when he came in. But it just takes a certain player to play in Boston to play in Philadelphia. I agree. They have to play in New York. And New York, yes. of course. And speaking yeah. of them, wow, boy, did they go down fast. Huh? Oh, God, I'm glad. Yeah, then, then again, there you look at a guy like Aaron Judge who learned to play in New York. He Jim, can play he, anywhere, though. He can, yeah, but then he batted. But not that you can look at it. He batted 60. He right. had one hit. Well, because they strike out all the time. Because they do. And, you know, you just, you know, you pitch, you, you throw the ball low and away. 13 straight years of Yankee Illumination celebration days for Red Sox fans. That's great. I know, Jim. 13, it is 13, 13 years. Wow. Like, they just can't win. It's weird. They just no, can't win like it seems well, like in the playoffs. Well, because, again, I, I hate to harp on that crappy lineup they had out there, but after you, you had Judge, and I think, what's his name? The shorts, the second baseman that was was hot, of course, so they blanked with his name. Yeah. You know, what else? They, they had nothing else. I mean, it was Rizzo, maybe. Uh, you know, every once in a while, you got something from Stanton. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, he's um, another one, Jim. I don't know. Like, he's supposed to be this stud. He's never really materialized the, to me. The name I was looking for is Glebar Torres, because if Jack's listened to this, he'll make fun of me because I forgot Glebar yeah. Torres. Oh, but, I can't. Again, that's what happens. Even Can you play in New York? You you should be able to play anywhere. You know, so here's Judge going to make a shitload, a shitload of money, right? He could go anywhere. He'll be able to play. Let's say he goes to L.A. and they move Mookie to second base, which is the rumor today, which is not going to happen. But let's say he goes to L.A. He'll be able to coast in L.A., Freddie Freeman. Those guys, it's life. Lifestyle there is just different. It is different, yes. It's not as much. The pressure on to win because the Dodgers haven't won. They won the cheap one in 2020. In but, but they, Before then, you're right, 88, my yeah. senior in high school. You're right. It, it's so, But like I like to talk about, you know, we talk about great sports towns. Like you say, it's, it's a... The fans are uh, are different in, in I would say the corridor here between uh, Boston and, and, and Washington D.C. It's just a different mindset. We're packed in here. You know, we got cold weather. We got the four. Everybody's a. It's a pro sports world here. You know, it's it's the Red Sox. It's the Phillies. It's the Yankees. It's the 
you know, everyone is the, the Bruins, the Celtics, the, the Patriots, everywhere there is, it's, it's a pro sports mindset. And it's really, really, it's great when they're winning because I'll go back down to Philly. Philly's been crap for five or six years, you know, and, and they get all this little role here. And they're hitting home runs, which is always fun to see. It's an exciting team to watch. They're dominating late innings of pitcher. They're dominating late inning pitching, and they also have most the most underrated superstar in baseball is Bryce Harper. So to me, he's he's living. He's he's got his showcase now. Now they might fall in their face of crap in the uh, in the World Series. It's possible because Houston's good. Houston's got really good deep pitching. They do, and, and they're, they're going to be able to blow the ball by you. But but you know this is they they've winning in Philly. Philly they're they're greasing the light poles and they're greasing the the uh, stoplight poles so people can't climb up them. And, and I'm watching a, a show for Philly, and they're they're on the top of the poles because they can't grease the poles enough for us. Because that's what people want to win. They love to win, but they and they're competitive. And they'll let you know when you suck. They're not afraid to say you suck. You know, that's the way it is here. Well, that's why I always say with the Philly and Boston fans, they're not only your biggest supporters, but they're your biggest critics. And I think that goes a lot. That even goes in, you know, when they're playing good, they're there for you. But when when you're playing bad, you know, they're telling you they're playing bad. They make you know about it. And what's better than that's a real sports fan to me. Right. These right. other sports fans, like you said, you go out to L.A., they don't, they don't even care to be there. I don't. And that's true. It's it's just a different mindset, Jim. So let me ask you the Let's question. You're 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 a superstar, not a superstar. You're a good. You're a good player. You're playing. The, you're you're a major league kind of player. You're a professional player at the at the highest level here in the United States. What city do you not want to play in? Wow, that's what city would I not want to play in? I would probably say it's funny you say. I'd probably say like maybe Tampa Bay for base. Yeah, if you're yeah, saying yeah, yeah, maybe Tampa Bay because they just it's different there. I. Right. I that just seems like I don't know. It seems like a an amusement park. That park, <laughs> those balls get hit in that freaking thing up at the top. There. It's the real. It's yeah, a real. They're, yeah, they're the Oakland A's are like the '80s and '90s. I mean, they do well. They win, but it seems like when they get to the playoffs, man, they just can't. You know, they made that year when they played your Phillies. Yeah, that was in 2007 or eight. I eight. think you know the right. The Phillies beat them, and yeah. uh, and getting back to it's just they're not my Phillies, by the way. I know because you're not. But I will tell you, they just. I don't know, those Tampa Bay teams, they're good teams, they're young, but they just seem like they can't get to that next level, Jim, because they don't want to pay anymore. So it's the baseball wasteland. We got Tampa's, I agree with you on Tampa. You, Tampa okay. and Oakland, Oakland is another one. Although if you're in Oakland, you're in San Francisco, no doubt. But well, right. those for baseball wasteland. How about basketball? Where's the, wait? When, when is the one city you say, oh my God, they just traded me to... Wow, Jim. Oklahoma. I would probably say Oklahoma City. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I get to go to Oklahoma City. I was thinking. I was, well, thinking, only, I was thinking like Charlotte. You know, they go to the Charlotte. Hornets. That's another one, but they got the God there. But I mean, Oklahoma City's pretty bad. Yeah, Charlotte. That I, that would probably be a pick too. Right, and any any place in, in Texas because I don't want to go to Texas. Uh, wow, football. The wasteland used to be here. New England used to be. Oh, it was. Uh, you remember back when Dick McPherson was the coach? You should yeah. have been a cheerleader. Yeah, it's out there. That was bad when they played in that. That disgraceful stadium. It was horrible. Right. But remember going there, you can't even find the bathroom. It took like well, 20 they, minutes. The bathroom's all overflowed anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, you remember that. We're talking about old Schaefer Stadium. Schaefer, you got that Schaefer right. Schaefer Stadium. Schaefer stadium built, the biggest. By the, built by the Sullivans. Imagine by the Sullivans. So here's the trivia question. Schaefer, why was it, what, what, what was Schaefer? For everybody out there, what, 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 what kind of product was Schaefer? If I'm right, that was a beer, correct? That's correct. I don't yeah. even know if they make that beer. Imagine, anymore. no, and I actually have the shirt back when, when I, uh, yeah, Schaefer, it was a beer. That's I don't know why that just kind of popped in my head, but that was a good question. It was a beer, you're right. It was. So in football, I think it's just a matter of, 
you know, where do you go? Where do they throw you to rot? So you just says where the coverages are going to be. Who's not on national TV? And a lot of football's ebbs and flows because at one point Kansas City was down, now they're huge on TV. Right. One point Buffalo sucked, now they're huge on TV. Right. So football-wise, it's probably like getting sent to the the wastelands of Minnesota or something. We have to play outside. And the fans love you, but you haven't won ever a Super Bowl. And then, well, what, what's what hockey? What we worry about because hockey is throwing you out to freaking Calgary or well, Edmonton or something where you wake up and uh, it's 18 degrees below zero. Yep. So, for all my hockey fans out there, don't write me, write Tommy, please, because he's the one who doesn't <laughs> like hockey. Uh, but that gives you an opportunity to look at, you know, a difference is so, so, so but a, a difference between the college sports town and the professional sports town. And you know, everybody says, look at Athens, Georgia, all those 100,000 people are going to see UGA play. Or look at, uh, you know, Ohio State and Columbus, you know, it's packed, or Ann Arbor, or even 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 Happy Valley up at Penn State. Uh, but, but there's a reason why those— Right, Jim, because there's really nothing else, correct? correct. Right. There's nothing yeah, else we, to do. It, there isn't. And another perfect example is Clemson. So. Yeah, I mean, Death Valley, but that's like their professional team, their college team, and those people go crazy for their sports down there. But like you said, to compare here, we have all these, we have four great sports towns, like you said. When Boston College, like a few years ago, they were ranked in the top five, Jim Union, they were like 10th on the sports page. Correct. That's exactly right. So, 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 so same happens at Philly. Yep. Sports. Even New York. New York doesn't really have a city, doesn't have a great Yeah, like your school, like Temple. They kind of go under the radar. All the time. You know, even like New York, St. John's the basketball, unless they're really super good. Mm-hmm. They're, they're at the bottom of the, they're a pecking order at the bottom. Yeah, because they're in the Bronx. Yeah, and but you would think that would be because back in the Big East with those days, St. John's was huge. Even we talked about St. Peter's, which is outside of New, is in Jersey City, so try it outside of New York. Mm-hmm. Who even knew where St. Peter's was? Oh, Jim, like, oh, the, oh, Jim, please, before that run, you're right. And you know, do you know their court fits like 1,800 people? All yeah. Johnny come like No one even knew where the school was. You're right. It was no, unbelievable, though. Somewhere in Jersey. You're right. It is in Bruce Jersey. Say, so where are the swamps of Jersey? But again, back, let's go. Let's, uh, let's look at Boston. Boston College. UMass Amherst. UMass Amherst had a great run with Cal Perry out there. Uh, but it, I, I do know it's two hours from Boston. But mm-hmm. when that happened, the, the, the media, local media here was okay with it. But it, because if you think about it, in the mid-90s, there was the Patriots that made a Super Bowl. The Red Sox were getting better again. Yeah. You know, uh, the uh, Celtics were horrible because they brought Patino in. And the Bruins were, uh, Bruins were the Bruins. Bruins. But it's a pro sports town, Philly pro sports town. So every focus is on, you know, even today now, we're, today the focus now is, a bunch of Red Sox officials went to Dominican to talk to Devers. That's bigger news than anything Boston College will do today. Anything they'll do. You know, so so everybody wonders, well, Boston College, they're the ACC. They play good football. They have they have great facilities over there. But they're, they're a second-class citizen here in the city for sports. Well, not to bring them up, do you agree? Do you think maybe, I know it's about money, but do you think they probably should have maybe stayed in the Big East? Do you think that was a good move? I think it was a good move, buddy, football-wise, because football in the Big East was going to d- dissolve anyway, because the basketball schools going to all piss at the football schools. I know, I know, but I actually, think the biggest mistake I agree with you is is leaving the comfort of your natural rivalry uh, within the schools that are were here. Right. You know, and, and it, we, if you look at it, it all started when Penn State went to the Big Ten in the nineties. You know, Penn State leaves the Big Ten. The Big East is it's got basketball. Really focused, and then the football comes in. The Big East starts to bring in schools from the South. Miami came in, uh, Virginia Tech came in, Louisville came in, Cincinnati came in. So that was football driving that bus. Uh, but if you look at, there's probably enough quality schools in the in the eastern part of this country that you could have put a pretty good 
total conference together. But once Penn State left, the, the, the BC had to be look out for themselves. The ACC offered them so much more because they they offered the ACC Boston. I can tell you, Florida State comes up here when I was working in town. Florida State comes up here. You see, it, they're playing football on a front on a Saturday at BC. There's there's Florida State fans all over the all city. Over, they travel big. They yeah. travel very well. Teams like Miami come up. You know, they did they do the the, the tournament up here. Whatever they do, baseball tournament. It's just at Fedway. These people traveled. It was a good move for the college because they were never going to be anything but five in, in, in the ranking of, of Boston. Boston, anything sports. They were always going to be my Patriots, Red Sox, Celtics, Bruins, probably even behind the revolution at times. So as an afterthought, you know, Temple, if, if Illinois is not winning a national championship in Philadelphia, it's the Eagles, it's the Eagles, the Eagles, the Eagles, the Eagles, maybe the Phillies, Sixers, Flyers, yep. and then the college, five or six. And Philly's got a lot more college level, high level college basketball programs, mm. but not football. So again, those cities, even D.C., down in D.C. where Georgetown had those great runs. Yeah, just George Washington in there. All yeah. those, there's a lot of schools down there. That's right. So you you look at all over. Like I said, with New York, Seton Hall, and, 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 uh, and St. John's, and all the other little schools that float around. It's just, it's just, it's a different mindset here. You know, when it comes to Boston College, and I, don't, I think for them to ever be completely successful is never going to happen in the media or the focus of the fans. Uh, same thing with the Owls. Same thing with anybody. Any, even in, even Chicago, go to Chicago. Northwestern is a great program. Northwestern plays right. in the Big Ten. They do. They and they're right in. It's weird because I was just there. It's funny how they're right in downtown Chicago. Great, so. great teams. Though. So. Great teams come in. You know, and you see this. And so they're, you know, they're in Evans, Evansville. Is that what is Evansville, right? You were out there. Yeah, that, that's in Indiana. So, uh, Evan, no, Evans, Evanston, whatever the Evanston, Illinois, Illinois, right? In Northwest, Evans, right. Evansville is down there. Yeah, that's in, in Hick, the, the, from near the Hick for Fritch. That's yep. So that's that's a good discussion. I mean, it's it, we're we're we are blessed to live here. I think you know, like I said, I grew up in the Philadelphia area. Uh, and I moved here uh, in '85, so I've been here for 90 million years. But it's we, we're lucky. I mean, it's it's a great place to be a sports fan here. Yeah, we're spo- you know it is. We're spoiled. I mean, since you've been here since the '80s, since I was young. I mean, we've had great teams with the Celtics. You know, then the Red Sox won in the you know yeah in the 2000s. They won the four World Series. You know, the Bruins have the record. They made the playoffs 25 straight years. Yeah. And look what the Patriots have done. Yeah, we've been very lucky, Jim. I mean, they've been. Right, they've been doing mats. The Patriots were doing mats there to about the mid-90s, but then, you know, Belichick definitely came here. And, you know, everyone says, not Belichick, I'm sorry, Parcells came here and turned that whole thing around. That's true. So real quickly, uh, College Town, if you, if you could, this will be a uh, Mount Rushmore question eventually, but one place, one, you could go to a football or a basketball game at any college location that's out there. Where would you go? All right. I'm going to have to say the university. I'm going to say Ann Arbor, the Michigan. Michigan? You know, they started the wave, too. I've never been there. I think that would be a great place to go. He likes banging the table. Jeez, Tommy. I'm give just it. My head's like going to explode. Tommy <laughs> decides to bang the table. And That's my OCD. It's know. funny. It's, it's That, for everyone out there who does not live in the state of Massachusetts, Ann Arbor yep. is Ann Arbor, which is in Michigan. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I had to bust your chops. Yeah. If, we had, if we had Lisa here, it would be even worse. Ugh. We'd be well, going. I get the accent, but you have to say. I mean, it's you pretty. Do. That's great. I, you know, I, I've been in a lot of college towns. Uh, Ann Arbor's not one of my Penn State. I've been to. I, I'd really like to see it. Uh, this is going to happen over the next two or three years. I want to see a game in an SEC: uh, Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, LSU. 
I don't really care about Florida. What are those sequences? But we'll do a Mount Rushmore there. What 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 venues, college football and college basketball, or would be your four top venues? Not that you've been to, but that you would like to go to. You know, like I said, I have seen a game down at Duke, at at at, uh, at Cameron. Oh, you know what? That would be another place too. Yeah. Well, how about when me and you went to the Palestra? That was real That's nice. Right. Another one. Back, that was, I mean, because that place was old school. In, but I think Duke would be because from how you hear how it's very, it's very old school, and how it's even though it's small, but that would definitely be another place. The funny part about Duke is I'll, I'll end this before we do our Mount Rushmore. Duke is the funny part is it's not as small as you think. It Same. looks tiny, but ten thousand people are sitting in this thing. You know, what else? no one knows about a gym. You think about schools, Ivy League. Do you know Duke is probably the hardest school not to, to get in academically? Yeah, Duke but, is like makes Ivy League look like a joke. Duke oh, is yeah. a very, it's a very well to do. Do you, do you know? So I, I know somebody got into Duke. I. It wasn't me. It, well, <laughs> I was no joke. You, I know uh, me. I just know my uncle used to send some student, and he said it taught me it's a very difficult school to get. It's, in. it's a great school. It's Chris. like very difficult. Is and that is the truth? So so let's do. Uh, I, again, we don't have our sound effects. Lisa Kabbalah is in the studio right now, but eventually we're going to get the bell to dig when we go to the next sound effects. Or I'm going to punch sound like like that would probably wax me in the head with saying something crazy about me, which is probably true. So Mel Rushmore, I was thinking, you know, what are the? Let's look at the games, top four or 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 that matter. The games, that, greatest games you've attended. If you want to throw one of you watched on TV, that's fine. And then I want one of those four. To be a game that you you played in or coached, so it could be the Bill Ricca game, Freddie. If you're listening, it could be the Bill Ricca game. We got smoked in the finals of travel basketball B uh, when we were in eighth grade, or it could be the game before that where we beat uh, North or Andover up at uh, Central Catholic Gym, where we were down at halftime and some great. We we really the kids came back well. But that's coaching. So if yeah. there's there's four that you you know we'll go back and forth. One that you've seen or really remember watching on television, and then one that you coached or played it. So uh, I'll let you start. I don't think I ever told you. Okay, the, um, the probably the one that I've seen and I was at, of course, was 1984, the uh, Lakers, and, Lakers and Celtics, of course, when the Celtics won in seven games. So you were at that game? I never. T- I was at that game. That's a new one. I have not heard that. I, 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 know, I can't believe I've never told you that. That's got to brag it all, man. I've been, a little bit. I have not been to a big Celtic game in my life. I'm kind of depressed now. I'm going to have to go home now and think Tommy's been to a Celtic Laker final game, and I have not been to that. Jeez, that's great, though. Those those are fun times. Was that back when the garden was like 150 degrees? Oh, it was – that place was just a – it was uh, it was a barn. It was terrible. But I'll tell you, there was nothing better than watch a sporting event there. Yes. Yeah, if you were great. Yeah, I've, I've I mean, the people couple. really got into it, and it was just, you know, like we go again, it was just so fun to watch those teams, those I've, Celtics teams. I've actually seen a tennis match in there. I saw really? Jimmy. I saw Jimmy Connors play there at, a, at like a charity kind of thing. You know, somebody where I work gave me a ticket, so I said, what the hell, I'll just go. It's not, it was easy to get to, too. But you're right about the Garden. Yeah, I don't have anything. Uh, I, I, the, only, the greatest thing I had in the Garden was Temple uh, to get to the Sweet 16, beat Cincinnati. Uh, my wife was pregnant with Jack. Uh, and uh, we were there in March, Kelly, and I went to see that, uh, see the back-to-back, those, the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament. So that's what I have. But that doesn't make you, that even come close to my top of my list. Okay. So I'm going to go in order of almost an age. Uh, my number one event, uh, college football, I actually have two college football. This one has to top the tall trotch because we're in Boston. It was, I was actually at the Doug Flutie game against Miami. 
where he threw the touchdown pass. You said that. That's I right. was I the play-by-play typist for that. I was actually at the 50-yard line. What was that, 84, right? That was the Friday after Thanksgiving. 84, yeah. That's right. And so I would have been 22 years old, aging myself. And I had to type in every play. Wow. And I just remember the game went back, and the guy goes, it won't be too bad, it won't be too bad, you'll have time in between. And, uh, and Boston College gets the ball, does their, goes three and out or whatever. And Miami gets the ball, they have Bernie Kosar as their quarterback, and, and they ran like the hurry-up offense in the first quarter on me. And I'm like trying to type everything in. But I was there, I saw that, I thought, I didn't think it was complete from my angle. I was way up high. And I looked like, I didn't see Fallon behind it, but I was at that game. So uh, that's, uh, for I, that would be my college uh, football game. It's one I like to pull out of the hat. It's a fun story to tell. There's even a backstory in that, but I'm not going to bore our listeners that yet because if you if you know me you've heard it because I do tell that one a lot. No, that was a that was one of that was one of the, probably the greatest college football games I think I've ever seen. Yeah, that was a great call because there was so much scoring and it was just back and forth between him and Bernie. And who was a little who was the who was the running back for Miami that game? He scored five touchdowns. Uh, Braxton was it? Close. Melvin Bratt Brad, was his Brad, name. Wow. Close. But it was just like he was a freshman. And those Miami teams would get back there. They were just incredible. Now, just another quick backstory: the, the week before, two weeks before that, the. Uh, the Hurricanes played Maryland. Maryland, the same. Yeah, who yeah. was the quarterback for Frank Maryland? Frank was the quarterback. Frank, right, 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 and they well, made another great uh, comeback. Right. And they did. The Maryland came back for like twenty-eight points to win you that were game. Right, you were right. And I was at that game too. I forget oh. about that. Frank Reich, I, like I said, just done to the. I did play high school football. You did, you because he's from Pennsylvania. Played right? at Cedar Crest High School. We played them as a, when I was a senior. He was a junior. He was a year behind. Uh, not that I was anywhere close to the talent that he is, but I did. I, at least I could put that feather in my cap. No, he. I mean, you know, like the, you know, usually you hear like he was kind of like a backup, but backups make great, you know, coaches. And again, this year it's been tough with him. He's yep. been dealt with that Andrew Luck thing. He's been dealt a tough hand. Okay, so another one. Give me another live event you went to. A live event. Let me think. Oh, oh my God! I was thinking. Yes, I was at the Red Sox game five. 1986, and I was, I was going, Daryl, Daryl. I was sitting in the right field stands. <laughs> it's a true story. My father got the tickets at the time. Like, they, he bought them hot for like three, 400. So it's a true story. I'm sitting in the right field. I go, Dad, these seats suck. I can't see anything. He wanted to throw me on the field. I would have thrown you on the field, too. All right, is that another? And that was the game Bruce Hurst pitched the complete game. Right. So I'll go my Red Sox. I, I've, I, every, every big Red Sox game, except for the big poppy grand slam over the last 20 years I've been to. So I'm going to go with... Uh, Game four, two thousand and four, down oh three nothing. that that whole actually that day, four and five I'll mash them together. That was one of that that had to be the most exciting times I both my brothers went one, one my older brother John went to the first game with Poppy at the home run to win it. Still that was the stolen base night. Yes. And then the next day the next next game started at, at four in the afternoon and my brother Joe went with me and we were there for like seven hours through that game. But those were my two those were my two Fenway. I have a million Fenway games, well right. I'm gonna go with those two. All right, Tommy, get one more if you can think of it. Now, does it have to be? Can be this be the maybe the one I made a played in and coached in too? Yeah, we're we gonna wait. Yeah, well, no, you can whatever. Go that one. Yeah, that's fine. Well, I'm thinking because I'm running out. Probably I would say is when I was a ninth grader, we uh, actually we won the C we won the CYO championship in the ninth grade. We had a really good team that year. We lost one game the whole year, and we actually won at Catholic Memorial. How many threes you had, Tom? Well, they didn't have the three-point line back that How many almost threes did you? Were you, uh, were you I, had about, I had about eight points that you, game. You but, only had eight? Yeah, but we had a good team. We were loaded. We had about we went about eight deep. But we that year we won the whole, yeah, we won the, actually the CYO. We won, we won a cat, and we beat the team. For, it was called Medway. Were you, I just remember. Were you representing Chelsea then? <laughs> I was representing Everett. I was just teasing you. You know that, right? Uh, just real quick, another pro game for me. Uh, I, again, I've been to... Uh, 
four of the five Temple Elite Eight appearances. Uh, and uh, the one that really stands out to me, I was out in Seattle in the Kingdom. You played uh, Michigan, was that? They lost him. They beat Vanderbilt the first round, yeah. and they beat, they lost to Michigan mm-hmm. the second day. And just to see those, that that was really great atmosphere. But I, like I said, I've seen three at the Meadowlands and one out in California. Oh, at Seattle. So I go with that one as my third one. Um, and like I said, I got a million Red Sox ones I've been to. But those really, the things that I just, I remember, it's things that you're going to sit back and say, I'm glad that I went. Because I've, like I said, I've been to about 500 Red Sox games in my life. So those sort of like melt, melt together. It all depends who you're with. Well, that game at San Diego was by myself. It was with just a group of Temple people. So I'll give you one more chance. If you know anyone live or color, what, what would you mind watch on TV? Oh, on TV, I would say, you know, it was a great game. You probably don't remember. It was, it was a college game. It was Gonzaga in Arizona, and uh, I think it was 2001. Gonzaga was like a 10 seed. They were just coming up, and at, at that time, Arizona had uh, Luke Walton. It was just a great game. The final score was like 100 to 98. It was like a double overtime game. It was a, it was an incredible game. Yep. Okay, so we'll go by a Sweet 16 game. Ooh, and that was the beginning of the Gonzaga world, right? That's when they were just starting to make those runs. Yeah, they had Brooke Steppy was a player. They were just becoming— Wow. Yeah. You're I, aging yourself. Now. Yeah, I love— Well, Gonzaga was—that's when they were really—and they were winning games, too. You uh, know, But they were— that's okay. when they were kind of mid-major and they were coming on. Okay, to close out my Mount Rushmore, it's got to be a game I played. And with this one, I was a I was a participant. I was a member of the team. <laughs> I did not play in this one. It was oh. the 1980 mm-hmm. uh, PIA, Pennsylvania Interscholastic, a PIA, high school, District 3, which is a huge district, championship game. We had to travel to Chambersburg from Reading, which is about a two-and-a-half-hour drive, uh, even past Gettysburg. And we played Chambersburg at their field. For the, for the chance to win our district championship. It would have been the first one in our high school's history. First game went extra innings. It was We didn't start till about 8, 30, 9 o'clock at night, uh, playing in the in the night in this old, probably, stadium that was built in 1910. Uh, wooden stuff everywhere. Our, our kids, my team, we, just, we hung on to a nice little close victory. I remember getting the final out. And uh, just remember, with 2,000 fans from the other team and about 150 fans from, from my high school, which was Bielberg High School, winning that championship. I'll never forget doing that. Uh, hopefully in my in my career I've had more, but that was the one that really stands out. Um, I know we talked about you – know, we'll ding the bell in Mount Rushmore. Tommy, quicker your pet peeve. What was that? Oh, boy. How about these three-pointers going on, like in the Celtics game the other night, just everyone firing threes. I just can't take it anymore. They're taking 40 to 50 a game. It's just, it's out of control, Jim. I'm sorry. I'm a basketball guy, and I cannot, it's very hard for me to watch a whole game. I just can't do it. So you don't like the analytics about this better to shoot 40 or No, that's all. No, listen, the guys who should take them are the guys who, you know, like who can shoot them. It, it opens up the game. Don't get me wrong. It's helped. It helped my kid even play. Don't get me wrong. It opens up the game, but it's still out of control. Like everyone's firing them. It's just it's it, it's just crazy. It's just very hard for me. It, they're taking forty to fifty a game. They fired up at the rec lick. What? They fire up at the rec. rec oh, rec. please. All right. Anything uh, over half courts, it, it, you know, it, you know, they just oh, it's on oh, that tune. People don't even know how to shoot. They're just firing them up. My pet peeve, real quick, is the fact that the uh, Yankees were eliminated uh, yesterday or Sunday, right? I forget today anyway. And the Phillies, same day, both teams eliminated. And they're not going to start the World Series. I know why they do this, but they're not going to start the World Series till Friday, like a five-day layoff. Crazy. You got really this great momentum. This Philly team has captured the hearts of America and you, baseball America. And you got the the Houston who just knocked off the mighty Yankees, and now wait till Friday. So you're going to let college football and pro football and 
basketball, all these sports that are going on at once. So uh, that's my pet peeve for the day. Uh, it just aggravates me. Uh, last week's trivia question, Tommy asked the only man, woman, or child to uh, win the MVP in both leagues. If you didn't get the answer, he won the MVP for the uh, Cincinnati Reds in the National League. And your Baltimore Orioles in the American League, his name was? Frank Robinson. Frank Robinson, who also was the first black or African-American manager in baseball for the That's Cleveland right. Indians. That's right. So I like when Tommy gives me these when I have to look up. Makes me look smart. Good job, Tom. Okay. So real quickly, Tommy, why don't you give us a trivia before we say goodbye? Well, you know what? We're going to stay on college football, maybe, if anyone was listening. But you were talking about the famous... You know, we're talking here about how this is really isn't a college sports town. So the BC-Miami game, you know, the Doug Flutie miracle pass. Who actually caught the touchdown pass? Oh, I already said is this that. Week's tri- is this week's trivia question. Right. And if you were listening closely, I yeah, did. Yeah, Jim kind of might have, yeah, but you sh- everyone should know this. Who caught the pass from Doug Flutie? Okay, so that's the uh, that's the uh, trivia question easy. for the day. Uh, we, uh, Tommy, uh, we might be off for next week or two. We were going to try to figure that out because I am going away. I'm going to be out of town. Uh, don't go to my house. My son's still there. He'll 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 take care of that house. He'll protect it like a guard dog. Oh, yeah. So uh, so episode four is coming to a conclusion. I really have a great time doing this with Tommy. I, I have to say we're, it's fun to do. Uh, I hope I appreciate everyone who's listening to us as well. So further, we've seen enough podcasts. I'm your uh, your your best buddy, Jim Boyle, and uh, my antagonistic antagonizing friend, who I love dearly, is Tommy Trevisani, the other side of the mic. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you on down the road. Thanks for listening to this episode of We've Seen Enough, recorded at WCTV Studios in beautiful downtown Wilmington, Massachusetts. If you'd like to get in touch, offer topics to discuss, or stump us with sports trivia, we can be reached via email at jboyle22 at comcast.net. That's jboyle22 at comcast.net. Along with Tom Trevisani, I'm Jim Boyle. Make sure to tune into the next edition of We've Seen Enough.